0: A great song to uh, finish the year with and to uh, begin to look forward to a brand new year. Moving forward. Past is the past and we're headed toward a fantastic future in the Lord Jesus Christ. So glad you're here today. Thank you for your attendance. Those that have joined us, KTHS and Online, we welcome you today. It's a great day to worship together, and we appreciate you being here. Uh, Thank you for your faithfulness in giving, online, mail, receptacles here at the church. And a special thank you for so many special Christmas gifts, cards, expressions of love. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. Today, I want to share with you about hearing... God's voice. Thought with the new year upon us, it's probably a good time to stop and just evaluate our lives. And how how do you really hear from God? Over the years, I've encountered countless, somewhat, fanatics, I guess, in some form or fashion who have had the habit of saying, and you've probably heard it, God told me. God told me to do this, God told me to do that, and I'm not saying that doesn't happen. Because sometimes it happens and you just know that you know that you know. And other times it happens and you kind of scratch your head and say, wonder why God said that. Especially when it doesn't measure up according to the word. <laughs> then I really begin to say, well, wait a minute. This a guy, at church told his pastor, God told him to go buy a van, customized, designed, fully equipped. Pastor said, What was kind of odd about it? The guy wasn't employed. Well, he was sort of self employed, but somehow he got financed. So he drove the van for a few months, even lived in it for a while, never made a payment. It was never quite clear why God told him to buy the van. If God tells you to do something, He'll help provide the way. And eventually it went back to the bank. So anytime somebody says, God told me this or God told me that, I will admit my first reaction is to keep my guard up just a little bit. Okay? I'll tell you why. Because sometimes they're not spot on however over the years I've also had people whom I greatly admire people whose lives are rock solid who have said to me with confidence God told me to do such and such and I didn't doubt for a minute that they were speaking truth the reason being because their lives reflect it reflects depth and maturity Accountability and spiritual responsibility. He was a pastor's friend. He invested his life savings in a software publishing venture, when practically no one had computers, and he helped shape and influence an industry that was designed and that has designed products through the years literally hundreds of thousands of people have used. And he's really done all right financially. And the reason he took the risk back in the 80s, it was a long time ago, he says, God told me to do it. I think of times in my life when it's happened more than once when a friend has said to me, God told me or God led me to call you today. How could they have known how much I really needed to hear their words that day. I needed it. It was spot on. It was God. Now, in the Bible, God spoke to his people about big things and little things. And in the same way, I want to proclaim to you today, he still speaks to his people. Today we're in the book of Habakkuk. You'll find it back there. And the lesson for us to learn is how to hear God's voice. In this prophetic book, recorded in just three short chapters, we find some principles that hold out to us the importance and show to us how to Hear the Voice of God. It's written somewhere around 600 B.C. Now, you, you remember Nehemiah, how Nehemiah was the Babylon slave and wanted to restore the walls of Jerusalem after the city had been burned to the ground. Well, this book was written shortly before all of that destruction took place. In fact, it actually warns of these events. There are so many lessons to be learned, so many warnings to be heeded in this book. But today, for our primary focus, we want to just focus on one aspect of it, and that is to be able to hear the voice of God. I don't think there's any greater time than at the very beginning of a brand new year to be sure that we're tuned in going forward... (laughs) To hear the voice of God. I'd venture to say that probably everyone here today needs to hear from God in some area of your life. All of us. You know, some may want to know, you know, if you get married, should get married, or if you should take a job or should make a commitment of one kind or another. Some, Some would be wondering, as I go forward into the future, what... What will my major be as I study more? Some of you may wonder, what should be your ministry or your calling or your vocation? Some may need to hear from God because you're looking to make some big decisions in coming days and coming months. I don't know about you. I don't want to make any of those big decisions until I know what God has to say. Others need to hear from God because you just need to know why. (laughs) Why is this happening in my life? Is there anything I need to change? Is there some new step I need to take? Other people want to hear from God because they need to know what next. What next? You know, how do I move on? How do I pick up the pieces? How do I start moving forward? We sang about moving forward. How do I do that? How do I rebuild my life? In some way or another, each of us probably needs to hear the voice of God. Now, I can tell you, as a matter of fact, that some in the past several months did not hear the voice of God. There's a difference between the voice of the flesh and the voice of God. We need to be able to move forward as we hear the voice of God, not the voice of our flesh. Not like a wild-eyed fanatic, but in the way that will reflect the very wisdom of God. And it invites His blessing into our life. So I want to talk about how that can happen. Here was a man who knew how to hear God's voice that God used to speak to his generation. So I'm saying, Lord, how can we be like that? We have a generation that needs to hear from you. So if we want to learn to hear God speaking, there's some things we can do that are helpful. First of all, don't be afraid to ask the difficult questions. In chapter 1, verses 2 and 3, how long, O Lord, must I call for help? You ever felt like that? (laughs) How long, O Lord, do I have to pray about this? But you do not listen. Now, that's an odd part of prayer life. How long, Lord, (laughs) are you not listening to me? Violence is everywhere. I cry. But you do not come to say, must I forever see these evil deeds? Why must I watch all this misery? God responds and says in verse 5, chapter 1, I'm doing something in your own day, something you wouldn't believe even if someone told you about it. Then he says that there will be a violent army march on the land. And Habakkuk, he's not sure he wants to really be satisfied with God's answer to his why. So he asks again, "Oh Lord, verse 12, my God, my Holy One, you who are eternal, surely you do not plan to wipe us out. He wasn't arguing with God he wasn't shaking his fist at God he was speaking with reverence oh holy one you are eternal but he who was also seeking to understand how could it be that God would allow a violent army invade the people of Israel how could this be and so he continues to ask Verses 13 and 14, should you be silent while the wicked swallow up people more righteous than they? Are we only fish to be caught and killed? Are we only sea creatures that have no leader? Verse 17, will you let them get away with this forever? Will they succeed forever in their heartless conquest? You see, he wasn't afraid to ask the difficult questions. Sometimes things happen. Sometimes God allows things to happen that we don't understand, that we don't like, and certainly we don't agree with. We wish that God would do things differently, and we wish that God would intervene. But it doesn't seem that he always does like we think he should. Well, when this happens... You can either stomp your foot and shake your fist in his direction, or you can pour your heart out to him. In honesty, you can say, Lord, God, my Holy One, why is this happening? What are you trying to teach me? How do you want me to respond? Where do you want me to go? Did you ever notice that oftentimes hearing from God usually begins with a struggle? Begins with wrestling through some difficult questions. When Nehemiah, the Babylon slave, heard that the city of Jerusalem had been destroyed, he wept, he mourned, he fasted, he prayed, he struggled with it until he got a clear idea of what God wanted him to do. Hours before Jesus was crucified, he true struggled with some very difficult questions. He even said in Matthew twenty six thirty nine. If it's possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. See, if you need to hear the voice of God, let it begin even with a struggle. Let it begin with a question. Don't be afraid to ask why. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to ask what if. Don't be afraid to ask what now. Don't be afraid to express your doubts, your concerns, your fears. You see, if you want to hear the voice of God, be completely transparent with him. Don't say, Lord, you can count on me when what you're really thinking is, Lord, I don't understand what you're up to, and I'm not sure if I've got what it takes to be your servant or not. If you really want to get to the point where you're able to say, I'm all yours, Lord, Lord and i'm ready to do whatever you say. You first have to wrestle with your own questions. Secondly, if you want to learn to hear the voice of God, put yourself in the best possible in the best place possible. Chapter 2 verse 1. I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. There i will wait to see what the lord says and how he will answer my complaint. I've laid it all out for you, Lord. You know where I stand. You see, he references a watchtower and the guard posts. They're they're symbolic because in most cities, stone watchtowers were built along the walls so that watchmen could see friends or enemies or messengers approaching the city. So he's saying, I'm going to put myself in the best possible place to hear God's voice. You see, where do you think is the best place possible for you to listen for God's voice? That's where we need to be. Where? Well, spending time in His Word each day, that's a good place to put yourself because that's a place you can listen. Listening to teachers who, who you trust and respect, that's a good place to put yourself. Away from the noise and the confusion and the doubt. Away from the voices of those who don't know what you're talking about. Those who can only criticize or complain, but who cannot offer any spiritual insight. There are a lot of people who can offer insight, but I'm talking about spiritual insight. There's a difference. Getting away from them whenever it's possible, that's a good place to put yourself. You need to ask yourself, What can I do to prepare myself and position myself to hear God's voice? What do I need to do? <clears throat> I'll give you an illustration. This lady said, you know, she wants to find a man that God has prepared for her, and that she really hopes to marry a good Christian man. Yeah, that's pretty worthy, isn't it? <clears throat> yeah. It's a very worthwhile goal but the man that she's currently dating, she met in a bar. That's not exactly putting yourself in a place where God can reveal his will to you, by the way. When he said, I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post, he was saying, I'll be looking on the horizon and I'll see what, Is coming in the distance. When God is ready to speak, I'll be ready to listen. You see, if we want to hear God's voice, we have to put ourselves in a place where you can hear it. Away from the noise and the confusion. As we quickly approach the third thing we need to do in order to hear God's voice, key word that he uses here in in this verse is, I will climb up to the watchtower and stand at the guard post. There I will wait to see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. Notice the key word. It's one all of us just love so much. Wait. Wait. I'm okay with waiting as long as it's not over 10, 15 seconds. You know what I mean? Yeah, we have to be willing to wait it out. Be willing to wait it out. Put yourself in a position to hear God's voice and then be willing to wait. There are times when answers don't come immediately. There are times when God doesn't speak to us right away. Sometimes His words are preferenced with a moment of silence. Did I say a moment? I should have said hours or days or weeks or months or sometimes even years. Even God said in verse 3, if it seems slow in coming, wait patiently. For it will surely take place. I will not be delayed. I don't know about you, but I've lived there. In times, it has felt slow in coming. But that part, wait patiently. Sometimes I've waited in impatient, but that patient part's not always the easiest. But I love that part, for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. Sometimes answers don't come quickly, but I assure you, a word from God is always worth the wait. Isaiah said in the 64th chapter, verse 4, for since the world began, no ear has heard, no eye has seen a God like you who works for those who wait for him. As we approach this new year, let's be willing to say, Lord, I'll wait. I need your strength to help me. You see, the problem is not that God doesn't want to speak. The problem is not that God doesn't want to answer our prayers. The problem for us, the problem is really it's not his. The problem is that things must be done according to God's timetable. and That's not ours. So often, or. How many of us know that God's perspective is always better than ours? It truly is, but sometimes we have difficulty with that on the wait patiently part. You see, he understands the situation always better than we. And his plan is always better than ours. And his timetable is always better than ours. And even though it's our tendency to want to know what's going on right this minute and just how long it's going to take to get the problem resolved, we need to learn to wait on Him because He does great things for those who wait on Him. The book of Ecclesiastes says that people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end, but He makes all things beautiful in its time. (laughs) If you hear God's voice, put yourself in a position where he can speak to you and then wait with your ears open. (laughs) You're going to hear and you're going to see. Here's the fourth thing. And especially as we look into a good word for the new year, put your thoughts into words, put the words on paper. God says something very interesting in the second verse of chapter 2. Write my answer plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. That's pretty good advice in looking toward a new year, wouldn't you think? The NIV says write down the revelation, make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. The contemporary English version gives a little better insight into what God was saying when it said, I will give you my message in the form of a vision. Write it clearly enough to be read at a glance. I think this is crucial to understanding how to hear the voice of God. You know, we're not necessarily talking about hearing an audible voice, Probably God's not going to say out loud in a normal everyday voice, Henry, take the job in Denver. Hmm. He speaks most often through impressions. For instance, while you're reading the Bible, even while you're listening to a sermon or talking with a friend or praying or working or thinking, all of a sudden, God will give you an impression, a notion in your spirit that this is what you need to do or this is the direction you need to take. And we just need to be sensitive to that. You know, we're blessed in this generation. You don't even have to take notes anymore. You can just take this little old gadget right here and pull up your notes and speak into it and it'll write it down for you and there you have got it. You've captured it. You'd be surprised how many points from that come into sermons (laughs) because I want to capture what God says. I want to know what he has to say. God spoke here through a vision. We sometimes try to make the idea a little fancier than it really is. We You know, we imagine having a vision like suddenly being transported to this great movie theater and watching the scene play out before us, you know, frame after frame. Maybe that's how visions are for you, but I think most of the time a vision is something you perceive in your mind's eye of what God wants to accomplish in your life, and you just see it and you know it and you know that you know that you know. That's why I really like the way that... CE.V translate this verse, "I will give you my vision, and I will give you my message in the form of a vision. Write it clearly enough to be read at a glance." See, he's not just talking about penmanship, he's talking about articulation. He's saying, "The message from me that you perceive this moment with the eyes of your heart. Write it down plainly and simply, so that all can understand. See, when you believe that God might be speaking to you about a certain matter, there needs to be a time, I think, of deep thinking in which you think about it, in which you articulate it, in which you put it on paper, and then you share it with others. It's a crucial step in hearing God's voice. It's the process of what I call refining and sharpening and perfecting and, and purifying that that we know that God is saying to us, and getting the message clear. I can't tell you the number of times in my life's journey that I've started I'm saying, you know, I, I think God may be telling me to do A, B, C. And after spending some time thinking about it, articulating it, I realize God's actually saying do A and B. Forget C. C was me. A and B was him. It's hard not to get the flesh involved. All we got to do is figure out the process of getting less of the flesh and more of him. Less of the flesh, more of him. I know I've threw you a curve on this last Sunday of the of the year. More than anything else. How in the world? I've already preached four points and I got one to go. (laughs) But number five. And we will start to wrap. There's there's something else involved. Be ready to put your faith to work. Okay. God answered all the questions, told him what needed to happen. In the days to come, his message was ultimately one of good news, really. Ultimately, it was great news. It was this. God would rescue his people and defeat their enemies. In the meantime, for him, things are not yet how they will someday be. That's the same for us. In our journey, things are not yet how they will someday be. What does that tell us? It tells us we're on a journey, and going from here to there, there are some changes that happen. We're not there yet. And this is where faith comes in. Chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. I will wait quietly for the coming day when disaster will strike the people who invade us. Even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there are no grapes on the vines, even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty. That sounds pretty bleak, doesn't it? Yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. See, that tells us that all of this peripheral stuff is not the reason for our rejoicing. We're rejoicing in the Lord and being joyful in the God of our salvation. I think each one of us needs to hear the voice of God, probably in some area of our lives. And if we'll listen, he'll speak. And you know what I've determined about his voice when he speaks? <clears throat> his message will be good news. His message will be good news because all things work together for good for those who love God and are the called according to his purpose. Everything good and perfect comes to us from God our Father. So, he will speak to you before his promises become reality, and then you have the choice to listen, to believe, to obey, to act on his word, or we can dismiss it. For those who are maybe lonely, God will say, I want to bring someone into your life a friend, a spouse, someone special. Or maybe God's saying you're going to learn to live with a whole new set of financial priorities. I'm establishing them for you. You're going to be a blessing in the lives of others more than than you've ever imagined possible. And the financial struggles you're going through right now are just preparing you to manage the abundance that's coming your way. You see, here's the truth of the matter As you spend time in God's Word and with God's people, He will begin to speak His promises to your heart. You may be tempted to pass them off and say, No, this couldn't happen to me. This this situation can't be fixed. It's just wishful thinking. Well, that kind of thinking kind of enhances that your blessings are going to pass you by. (laughs) Instead, I encourage you to do what these verses are encouraging us to do, to wait quietly and patiently for the coming day. Though there may be no grapes on the vines and the cattle barns may be empty, yet I want to rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. As y'all, Rick, come back at this time, I want to encourage you today. That if you're walking in a position that you need to hear the voice of God, get ready to hear. Get ready to believe the good news. He has good news. There are many battles that may be raging around you in this very moment. And truth of the matter is, there's probably some difficult battles ahead. But take your place in the watchtower and look to the horizon listen for God's voice because his salvation is coming your way if you're in need today if you're in need of salvation he's here to provide that if you're in need of healing he's here to provide that you know whatever our need is he is a God that will supply them all I want to hear his voice don't you If you need special prayer, if you want to receive the Lord as your Savior, I want you to know that this prayer time is for you. And God wants to touch us together today as we worship.
1: who I Holy, all creation cries.
2: First time, Pastor Keith is in the foyer behind you, the front foyer, and would love to be with you. To the rest of you, God bless you. Have a great week. Enjoy your